Hi everyone, I'm your host Hannah A and this is the Solving Singapore podcast where we talk about the most notorious unsolved true crime cases that happen right on our island. The story I'm telling you today are about two young boys who left to go to school 35 years ago but were never seen again. The two 12-year-old boys who went missing in this case are To Hong Hua and Kei Chin An, and they were close friends and classmates at Owen Primary School. On the morning of May 14, 1986, Hong Hua was going through his regular morning routine for yet another school day. He packed his bags, ate breakfast, and he was ready to leave. That morning, he requested to go to school on his own, as he said he was meeting a friend, presumably Chin An since he was his best friend. This was weird since Hong Hua and his mother would usually walk to school together. According to the Singapore documentary Missing, she said that her son, Hong Hua, was a timid boy and liked to be with his mother in public. However, that morning, his mom agreed for him to walk alone, since his school was only 500 meters away. Hong Hua was never seen again. On that same morning, Kei Chin An hopped out of his school bus and arrived at school per usual around 12.30pm. Since his first class starts in 20 minutes, he met up with his friend Wang Piwei and left his bag with his friend to go to the shop across the street. So no sources really say what type of shop this is that was across the street from their school. But tuck shops were very common at that time for like cheap snacks and small knickknacks. So it was usual for Chinon to go to the shop nearby and for his friend Piwei to bring his bag into school for him. But Chinon was never seen again. In the afternoon of 14th May 1986, two boys, To Hong Hua and Kei Chinon, had failed to show up for their 12.55 p.m. class. Since neither of the boys showed up, the police were called, and that's when a search party began looking for the missing boys. It was just like they vanished right into thin air. So families and members of the Singaporean public search up and down throughout the whole Singapore for these two boys for months and months, with sleepless nights for Hong Hua and Chinan's parents, and both their mothers said that neither of the boys asked for extra money that day. According to Mothership SG's report on the case, Hong Huat's mother, Madame Tan Gyok Kwan, said that Hong Huat never touched his money in his two piggy banks, and he even asked her to prepare pork chops and potato chips for dinner. So I personally believe that because Hong Huat asked his mom to prepare dinner for them that night, doesn't that show that he was expecting to come home and eat dinner with his mom? So I think this is very important to keep track, and this is a very important piece of information that will be significant later on in the case. As the search continued in parks, neighborhoods, schools, alleyways, everywhere in Singapore, there were no sign of the kids. Missing posters were littered around the country all over in hopes that someone would come forward with useful information and the Singapore media went frantic about this case. It was like the biggest case in Singapore. It was all over the news, and a lot 
a lot of Singaporeans knew about this case at that time. So Honghua and Chinan's family initially put out a reward for $1,000 to find the boys and then later on raised it to $5,000. After the huge sum of reward money was put out to the public, many people called in to report sightings of the boys and most of these people who called in kept themselves anonymous. So they said that they saw the boys at a variety of locations. One of the callers said she saw the boys as far off as Sentosa or St. John's Island. And another caller said he saw the boys at the Singapore Johor Express bus terminal, together with two Chinese men in their 40s. So the Singapore police followed up on these leads and tip-offs that they were getting, but basically it all led to dead ends. However, in August of that same year, an anonymous person called in saying that the two missing boys were on Pulau Ubin and were sighted there. According to Inspector Chu Chin Kiam in a May 1988 interview with The Straits Times, he said that the Criminal Investigation Department of Singapore had almost 100 officers go to Pulau Ubin to search the whole island from one end to the other. However, just like the other leads, their search yielded nothing. The case continued to go cold through the month of August, but then out of the blue, something chilling happened. When I tell you I was reading this and it sent chills down my spine, I was so shocked that this happened. So on the night of 3rd September, around 11.30pm, Kei Cheng Pan, Chin An's father, received a haunting phone call that caused him so much stress and fear that it turned his limbs weak and it caused him to have a stroke the next morning. However, his father could not recollect the call, and he was admitted to the Singapore General Hospital for close to two weeks. It wasn't only Chinan's father who received a call like this, but also Hong Huat's mother, Madame Tan Gyok Kwan, who told the Straits Times that she too received the phone call on the same night. And according to Madame Tan, the caller was a man who spoke in Hokkien. Caller spoke in an eerie voice and said, I should not wait for my son's return. How chilling and crazy is that? Literally sent chills down my spine. I am so shocked. Um, there was no trace or tracking that any of the police did to track who the caller was. And till this day, this is still unknown. We don't know if it's a prank call, if it was true, if it was not, because the police have no information on who, on the caller's identity. The phone call was kind of the last thing that happened that was part of the case. And in October, McDonald's tried to bring the case back and make the public continue to stay on top and keep searching for tips or clues or anything linked to the boy's disappearance. So you've probably listened this far and you're wondering, why is this case and why are these boys names why are they named the mcdonald's boys that is like a completely different thing that is a fast food chain what does this have to do with the case of the two missing boys well you see this is actually related to the huge sum of money that mcdonald's singapore put out in october 1986 they offered a hundred thousand dollars hundred thousand dollars that's a lot of money 
and that was a reward for any information on the whereabouts of the two missing boys. And they did this in hopes that by putting out this money, people would give information that would help them bring the boys home. So something that I really liked about this whole case was that McDonald's like really advocated for these boys' return, and they put their posters in all of their branches. They made sure it was everywhere. It was throughout the city. You could see pictures of these boys' faces. McDonald's in the whole of Singapore was really, really hoping for these boys to one day arrive back home, back with their families. But until today, even after this huge sum of money was placed out to the public, there has been no new information of the whereabouts of these two boys. So what really happened to these boys? It has been 35 years since these boys have gone missing and there has been no substantial evidence of them being kidnapped or taken away. However, over time, there have been a couple of theories that have been developed. So let's talk about theories. The first pretty, I guess, general assume theories that the boys ran away. Wait, theory, all theories are assumed. What am I talking about? But like, the boys ran away from home. I personally dislike this theory, as I believe that if the boys chose to run away at that time, why haven't there been any sightings of them that have led to a real lead? Because how can two 12-year-old boys run away from home in a small, tiny city like Singapore and not be, been spotted. I don't get that. And like, also, if they were to run away from home, why did Chin An leave his bag with his friend Wang Piwei? And why didn't Hong Hua take his money from his piggy bags, as his mom said that they were left untouched? Finally, both their parents said that they were amazing boys and great students according to their teachers, and their parents claimed that both of their boys would never run away from home as they had a good home life. The second theory is that Hong Huat's estranged father is responsible for abducting them and bringing them to Johor Bahru, which is JB, and they have grown up there as adults in a secluded part of Malaysia. So according to the Singaporean documentary Missing, it was said that Hong Huat's parents used to run a bus business together. And sometime in the late 70s, his father sold off all his buses, all their buses, without consulting his wife, Hong Huat's mother. And this ultimately led to a divorce of his parents. And sometimes um, before the disappearance of the two boys, Hong Huat's father would constantly persist to see his son and he would go to Hong Huat's school and take him out of classes without like his wife or Hong Huat's mom's permission, kind of behind her back, so that he could just spend time with his son as he wasn't allowed to. So a lot of people think this theory is um, you know, pretty acceptable because JB is easily accessible by car, but my question is, why would... Hong Huat's father take Chin An, who's his son's friend, with him if he wants to just be with his son. Like, I feel like there's no reason for him to take Chin An because, you know, Chin An isn't his son. Besides seeing that kidnapping his son's friend too would be kind of unreasonable, there also just isn't any specific evidence that Hong Huat's father did that. And Singapore police did look into him and did kind of see him as a suspect, but then let him go because there was no specific evidence. 
The final theory is truly the most disturbing of them all, but it is widely thought of and considered by the public. It is almost like a rumor. This theory is that the two boys were kidnapped and brought to Bangkok just to become beggars. Many people think that the kidnappers chopped off their limbs and forced them to beg. Some people claim to have seen them. That is why this theory is so popular. However, why would human traffickers come all the way to Singapore just to kidnap two random primary school boys to bring them back all the way to Bangkok just to beg? This theory seems very implausible to me. By the way, the Singapore police also took their search efforts to Malaysia, Indonesia, and Thailand, but nothing resurfaced. The reason why I wanted to make an episode, my first episode, on this podcast about these boys is because that although this is a well-known case to a lot of the elderly or slightly older people in Singapore, I believe that not enough of the younger generation know about this case or the details of the case. And this is important because even though the boys have gone missing 35 years ago, there is still time and there is still hope to find these two boys, To Honghua and Kei Chinan. And by this year, in 2021, they would be around 47 years old. I believe that just talking about this case will get more of the public to know more about it. And also, I believe that Singapore should use forensic age progression technology to predict what these boys will look like now as older men, so that more people can kind of be on the lookout for missing people like them. And I think this is very important to the case, especially in today's time, with the progression of technology. If you are listening to this episode right now, it is important that you talk about this case and you talk about the missing boys in hope of bringing them back home. If you have any information about the whereabouts of the two missing individuals, please contact the police or Crime Library Singapore at 6293-5250. Thank you and have a great week. This is the Solving Singapore Podcast.